0: Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of day four with the man Frank Scalish. I think it's day four, number one hundred thirty. Something. <laughs> it could be. We're I got a Frank.
1: I got a volume issue I gotta take care of. There we go.
0: <laughs> what was wrong? Was that too too loud for you?
1: No, I had mine way too low.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. We should you know, be good to go. Uh how's it going, Frank? It's been a while since we've had a regularly scheduled uh, BTL day four program. Now we have kept up them. We did one live and then we did one, uh, recorded, but we're back 8 30 AM Thursday, simul streaming. Also back on big play sports out of Cleveland.
1: Outstanding. Outstanding. I feel, I feel good to be back in, you know, back in the saddle on Thursday morning. It kind of throws me off a little, um, you know, I did, I did, Like I do, I do try to fish when we don't have a live show on Thursday. I try to get out and go, but the weather here has been just ludicrous.
0: You're a man of routine.
1: Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. Almost to my detriment, to be honest with you, Uh, because I have, I'm quirky, you know, I'm -hmm. I'm quirky. So I have, like I, I do, I follow a very tight routine most of the time. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, now uh, the I'm Quirky t shirt did not make the cut. However, I do need to make a call uh, to Catherine after the show today uh, because we have seen some finals and some proofs of yeah. the uh, signature series Frank Scalish Apparel, uh, which will be dropping uh, hopefully by the end of the month on uh basszone.com and then we'll also provide the links for everything but some really cool stuff and a number of different designs all featuring uh things that you've drawn with a pen over the years
1: or a pencil (laughs) or a pencil (laughs) yeah it's um they're really cool uh they're really super cool um i was gonna ask you if we if we and and maybe i can't but i could i could it's Thursday, yeah. right yeah are we going uh, three quarter zip and not the hoodie on that honestly
0: uh i was i had the bass fishing hall of fame and then immediately had uh the saint jude bass classic up in florida last week and i haven't done a damn thing excellent i love so it So i'll get back on that <laughs> That's okay. i'm trying to i'm you.
1: trying to get my coffee mug appropriated here
0: yeah i've, I've got i do the same thing speaking
1: um, about speaking about man of habit
0: yeah <laughs> Well, I have to do it this way because so I was, uh, you know, he made us three mugs. One said Panger. One said. Does your say Uncle Frank? Yeah. And one said MJ. Well, I do not know for the life of me what happened to the Panger mug. I think I went fishing with Kevin Ledoux in the boat because I liked it so much and I took it. So this whole past year. I've been rocking the MJ mug that I was supposed to give to Jeffrey. So I have to drink out of it. Make sure that the mouth hole is like that. So <laughs> no one i don't ever give it away that I'm actually drinking out of the MJ. Right. And so I so i, have I know cultivated. the panger one I need to find. It's a, I think it's in Kevin Ledoux's rod locker.
1: You better, you better get after that, dude. This mug with me, like I'm, I'm petrified to take this mug in the boat with me to lose it. Yeah. Because there are times when, yeah. um, well, the one thing that I like about these Yeti mugs, not not it's not a cheap plug. It's the truth. The, the lids stay on really good. And when you close the lid, it stays closed. Yeah,
0: you're going to spill it today. You know that, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I 100% know it. Um, absolutely. So if I have to run and make a quick wardrobe <laughs> move, <laughs> you guys are on it. So, so the reality of it is, is I had this other mug. Okay. That I mm-hmm. used and, um, I was ripping down the lake. It was freezing cold. Cause we fish a lot in the winter time. It was freezing cold, ripping down the lake. I stop and I, you know, we're all bundled up gloves, you know, float suits, the whole nine yards. And I go to get my coffee and I pick it up and it's a lot lighter than when I started. And I turn around, I look, and down the side inside gunnel of my boat, it's just all coffee all the way down, and on the carpeting. I was like, "Oh, that was unique."
0: Uh, Lee's SY is the BTL shop closed, and we open soon. We want merch. Yes, yeah, I'm working with a company, and uh, they kind of make the merch as there's two different ways you can do it. You can either buy it all in advance and then kind of bet on the come that people are going to order it, or you can uh, set up the shop. So they kind of make it as the orders come in. Uh, right. We're doing some limited, uh, all of Frank stuff is going to be limited edition stuff Yeah. Uh, with a limited number of the uh, shirts available. But basically when they do a run, they set up the printing presses, I guess, or the presses or the screen printing, Uh, so they have it and they can only run it for a limited amount of time. So that's why, you know, it'll stay open if I make like typical BTL shirts, hats, stuff like that. But for all the specialty stuff, it's only open for a specific amount of time. That's why the BTL shop is closed currently, but will open. I try to do it two times a year. So, absolutely Uh, will open. This was supposed to be the first day of the rest of the lives of nine of the, uh, uh, bassmaster open eq anglers it was supposed to be the first day of the leesburg florida uh harris chain eq tornado watches all day 30 mile an hour winds rain they postponed it so now the full field it'll just be a two-day derby uh Friday, do you have Saturday. any experience on florida in the fall frank That seems like a tricky place. I'm not going. I'm out of it for the points. I wanted to be in studio. I had a lot of stuff to take care of. Like I said, I was just up in Minnesota. I've talked about that on previous shows. Right,
1: right, right. Well, you know, not so much in the fall as uh, obviously everybody goes to Florida for the spawn. Um, But after the spawn, um, you know, when the spawn is over, almost summer, not really summer, but Mm -hmm pretty close to summer. I mean, it's always summer in Florida, so who the hell knows. Right. But um, yeah, I, I have. And um, the one, one time I went down, I got two stories. Oh my gosh, I got two stories. So so the one time I go down there, I just got a boat and I had to break the boat in. And I was petrified because I had never been down there before. And so you know in Florida that a lot of the lakes, they're all connected in some fashion or another. That's and why
0: they're know, called a chain, the Harris correct. Chain, the Kissimmee Chain there it's a chain of lakes
1: correct so you could access a bazillion different bodies of water not really a bazillion but a ton so i had to call i on the way to florida i called bass masters and i said hey i have to break a boat in before this event what lake can i go to that's close to our venue so i don't have to you know repack everything and move again to go mm-hmm. to the venue so we go through the litany of you know, like literally i pull over to the side of the road i got the maps out i'm looking at the maps and i'm going you know here trip there trip wherever 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 and he's like no, no 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 he goes okay he goes you could go you could go to griffin and break your boat in and i go but griffin's connected he goes yeah but the lock is broken. It's closed and we're not going to be able to access it. So you can break your boat in there. So I'm like, cool, which is because it was cool. Yeah, it, was close. It, was, it was right there. So I go there and I'm breaking the boat in and I'm, you know, monkeying around doing the RPM changes. You know how it is. You mm. all know who, who have these things. So I spend literally the whole day there getting it done. So when morning of the tournament rolls around, I can let her rip. So while I was doing all that, of course, I wasn't going to waste the day. I did a lot of graphing. I did a lot of looking around, you know, I'm on a lake. I got to look at it. We're going to come back here someday. Right? So as fate has it, um, maybe two seasons later or the next season, I don't know. We go back there and the, the uh, Griffin is on limits you're allowed to go little in little
0: bitty lock like a 10 boat lock max
1: yeah, oh yeah if that and um they had it permanently open the second time we went there it was just open oh wow yeah you could just idle right on through and so i was like holy smokes um and so i went and pre-fished in there and i was go i was out of my mind because the fish that i was catching was like people who've never been to florida dream about going to florida to catch these fish that's what it was like and so i i was literally vibrating and everything i was catching believe it or not i was i was actually flipping very tight to shore in the gnarliest crap that was on the bank and and it was predictable it was ludicrously predictable i literally and florida if you look at all my records florida kills me Mm -hmm. okay for whatever the reason except for okeechobee because i actually got to fish that lake offshore one time but anyway florida kills me okay so i i am i can't even sleep at night i'm so excited about this Morning of the tournament comes around. We we go and I go and there's not a whole lot of boats in there. There's a handful, but there's not a whole lot of boats in there. So I run right to my best stuff and I start and I'm not getting bit. And then I catch a little one. And I think, okay, maybe they're just moving. I gotta keep fishing. I keep fishing. I catch a little one. I catch another little one. And they're little keepers. Yeah,
0: they're 12 not twelve inchers.
1: Yeah, they're not, they're not pounders. He, 12 right.
0: Florida's are pound to pound six.
1: Right. And they're nothing that I want in my live well. Okay. So a boat pulls in behind me some, not on the bank, but behind me. And I think it was one of the Lane brothers. Mm-hmm. And he whacks a monster. I'm like, <laughs> God dang it. I made a bad, bad mistake. Um, and so I start scrambling. We get a little busier in that lake. I make a bad decision to blow out of there because I had I had fish on cypress trees in one of the other lakes that mm-hmm. that was pretty predictable. And I blew out of there and I ran to this place and I called all my fish out, but I'm only calling like two pounders. I'm not getting the big giant ones that I was catching, anyhow after that event my title sponsor osi i had set up to stay there a week after the event and i was taking out some of their clients their customers so i had this one customer that came up and he never caught a really giant giant bass before and I was staying very close to Griffin. So I said, well, let's just, we'll just go to Griffin. I got an idea. And I went to where I was catching all those fish on the bank because I had graphed that whole area and there were bars that came out from there. So they were running the troughs of the bars into the bank. And then of course I didn't catch them on the bank. So I know
0: exactly where you were.
1: Probably. You came, you
0: came into Griffin and you go to the right. Exactly. Okay
1: so they pull off those bars (laughs) okay they pull off those bars so i decide i'm gonna take a gamble so dude i swear to god (laughs) so i got this guy with me and i'm off of these bars and i i tell them there's a neat trick in florida um actually scroggins showed it to me on santee cooper of all places so i take i take a, a trick worm And I put an eighth ounce or a sixteenth ounce slip sinker in front of the trick worm. And you just pitch it out up there and it just, you know, floats down real nice and easy. And um, I've pitched that thing up there, dude. And it's, and my line just starts going and I go, and that rod doubles over to the cork. I'm leaning in on this bass. This giant female comes up shaking her head and I'm like, I'm like ready to go
0: because he it in the derb
1: I missed it in the derb and and so here I got a six plus so the guy with me has never I don't think he ever caught a bass over three pounds so I'm like dude, you got to throw out over there. There's a hard spot. I think it's a shell bed. You got to throw out over there. So he fires a cast out over there and his line starts to go and he leans in on this thing, dude. He has zero control. <laughs> he has zero control. dude. He gets he gets like an eight pounder. Wow. I'm like, oh doubled <laughs> oh his PB. God. I'm like, oh my God. We, dude, we sat there and I don't even know. We fished a bunch of different spots in that lake everywhere i had them on shore i went out mm-hmm. and and oh my god in heaven i don't Never even go. know how many five six seven pounds oh.
0: well, that's it good for beautiful. the sponsor not good for the psyche after a tough derby
1: right right because i i realized that you know you sometimes you get this tunnel vision thing going oh
0: on. i did it in griffin in the open two years ago i what, did it I, I, I the whole south end or whatever end of the lake like i wasn't on much but i thought i could catch 12 to 14 pounds but i thought all the schools were in one area and you know there were 30 boats in there and we were screwing around and everybody was either throwing a speed worm a chatterbait a jerkbait or a drop shot and there was a whole section of the lake and i talked to one of my other buddies. and i mean i struggle i call like eight to ten pounds a day yeah that's struggling and uh i talked to one of my other buddies who was like well why didn't you freaking slide down a mile And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, he's like, there were like three of us and we caught like 10 limits a piece and they were all two to four pounders. He's like, all those fish that were there moved down into the different grass patches and we smashed them.
1: But you don't, but you don't know that. You don't know that going in on it.
0: Well, same with you. You didn't know that.
1: No, I didn't know that, but I had a hunch and the hunch was a hundred percent accurate and I was really pissed um, because I've done that on several tournaments where, because with when I was with OSI a lot of the events when it when we cuz a lot of them were back to back so we yeah. would take the second back to back event and then we would plan for me to take some OSI customers mm-hmm. out and so what would happen is on those back to back events if I struggled in the tournament I used those days to figure out where I went wrong so I could capitalize on smart, my, my lack of decision-making. I did that on Champlain one time too. Um, I, the only bad event I ever threw up on Champlain, my family was with me.
0: We, I, 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 this I story. Is this the one where you said, I will never travel yes. with the entire family yes. again? <laughs> yes.
1: hundred percent. So, so, um, my whole family was with me and I just, for some reason, I wasn't, I wasn't, every time I made a move, it was the wrong move to make. And I kept, I think I, I think I might've finished. I don't know where I finished in this stupid thing, but, um, so everything, you know, every move I made was the wrong move. So after the event was over, um, I had a day to kill before I had to take anybody out. So I grabbed Frankie he was a little dude at the time mm-hmm. i i grabbed frankie i said come on let's go i gotta i gotta see something i i, I have to tr- i have to try something and um so i went out where i was catching them and I, I made a move and i made a lure change and i caught like four giants in a row And I just, and it was miserable, dude. I had no business taking that kid in the boat with me. It was like blowing
0: four to six. Well, it worked out. The dude's obsessed with it now, killing it in the BFLs.
1: Yeah. I mean, thank God. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's obsessed with it. I mean, he's fishing a regional right now on, um, whatever that lake is in, in, uh, Tennessee. Um, Dale hollow there.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to follow it, you can get on the MLF website and see, is it this weekend? Yeah. It
1: starts today's first day today.
0: Oh, sick. So you can get yeah. on and root Frank Jr. on in the regional. This is to get to the All-American.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Oh, that'd be big league.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Last year, he went to the regionals and finished 14th.
0: Yeah, I remember that. Narrowly yeah. missed the All-American because they take the top six.
1: Yeah, and he but he he spit off a couple of giants that would have probably put him in it. But but at any rate, long and short of the story yep. is, so I use those days to to figure stuff out to, you know, to, to kind of hone in because my biggest pet peeve is if I don't figure an event out, if we don't have a back-to-back, let's say we didn't have a back-to-back and I didn't figure the event out, I would stay an extra day or two. I'd call my wife. I'd say, babe, I'm staying a couple days. I got to figure out where I went wrong. And I would stay on the lake and I would, because it's timely, because it's happening right now. You know what I mean? It would be, it would do me no good to go back two weeks later. Because everything would be different. So I would stay. It was the work that I had to put in. You know, the other show, when you had Mark and Ike on, for example, Mm -hmm. um, Ike made a statement that I related to in such a way I can't even stand it. Um, He he said that he had to work twice as hard as everybody else because it didn't come naturally for him. And that's exactly how it was for me. Um, I, I put in ungodly amounts of work because, because things, things took place a little bit slower for me and, Mm -hmm. and there's no, there's no, um, learning tool like time on the water. That's the Mm -hmm. best learning tool you have. And so I, so that's what I did for my first two years in Bassmasters. That's exactly what I did. Any event I bombed, if I didn't have to leave to go to another one, I stayed and fished. Um, it was brutal because it's the last thing you want to do after, you know, a whole week's worth of fishing on a lake to go back out and fish the lake again when you haven't been productive. Um, but it was very vital, uh, for me. And it usually paid off in big dividends because I figured things out on them.
0: Did you have that moment coming up? And I'll I'll be honest, like, I mean, either, uh, fishermen are either delusional or they have that moment where they realize that they're not goodwill hunting or the natural (laughs) and that it's gonna take a lot of work like i mean i remember i had that moment when you start fishing and you're like oh when i start fishing the big tournaments i know what's going on and then you start doing it and doing it and you realize okay i'm not a brandon Polinick, i'm not a jacob wheeler right this is this literally i mean you can be a very talented angler but not naturally gifted with the in and i'm saying those guys work their ass off too but
1: they do did you have that
0: time when you started fishing pro where you realized all right this is i i will have chances to win and i can make a career out of this but this is going to be a grind where it is going to be straight hard work it's not a show up and catch him deal for me
1: yeah every tournament that i have ever fished to be honest with you um was a grind Mm -hmm. um i I had in the beginning, in the beginning, like my first season on the uh, top 150s or whatever they pro tour, whatever the hell they called it back then. Um, I cashed a check in the first event I ever fished, and I called home and said, "Can you believe it? I got a check." You know what I mean? I wasn't awestruck with the the pros that were around me. I was just like, "Oh, okay. Um, all I have to do is go and fish." So that that season, I wound up taking a check in every event but two and I made the classic and um I never felt like not that I didn't belong there I didn't feel like I didn't belong there but I never felt like this is easy you know what I mean I I, yeah. I, I never felt like this is easy and, it is um,
0: easy for some of the guys it is
1: I mean it, a it is a few of them a few of them and I hate to say that but it it is. Is. And um, I never felt like that. I felt like I got to work 10 times harder just to be, just to keep there, just to stay there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, I threw up one of the worst seasons ever. It was my second or third season up there. And I, it was the worst season ever. And it just was like, nothing I did was right. Um, I was throwing good money away after bad money, um, you know, petrified every day that my sponsors were going to bail. Y- y- I mean, you know, all yeah, the yeah, yeah, shit yeah, yeah. that comes with it because it's, y- y- you know, we're, we're only as good as our last event. I mean, let's be honest. Um, you're only as good as your last event. And so, so I was, I was like petrified. Um, and then I started fishing really scared. Um, And that's when everything started to go to pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I decided that, okay, we gotta take, we gotta take a time out here. And um, I stayed in the opens and I said, we're going to just have to redo this. We're going to have to rethink our stuff. We're going to have to re go through this. And I stayed in the opens because at the time um, the opens off limits well, initially in the beginning, I didn't have an off limits in the opens mm-hmm. and then they made an, a one week off limits in the opens. So I got to go to these tournaments. It was a lot of work, a lot of money, but I got to go before the off limits to get a feel for a lot of the lakes I've never been on before, get a feel for them before the official practice started. That's when everything started t- changing for me because I got, I, I got good. I, I got good real-time data on the water of these bodies of water, A, how to run them, because some of them, you have to know how to get around. Like Santee, you have to know how to get around on Santee. Um, I remember the first time I cut through the backwater over there, I was petrified. Um, but I did it. And then I got familiar with it. Then I would recognize the cypress trees where I had to turn, which ones I had to stay to the right of, which ones I had to stay to the left of, et cetera, et cetera. Once that didn't become an issue anymore, I knew that the weather wasn't going to screw me because I got ways to get through this place. So it it helped out. And that's when that's when I made the conscious decision to stay in the opens and fish the opens because I was making money in the opens um it wasn't it wasn't a two and a half day time on the water um and it just it just it was more comfortable for me Mm
0: -hmm. and i
1: was making way more money fishing the opens because a i didn't lose any of my sponsors um so i was getting all that sponsor money without having the massive cash outlay from the elites because while you fish the elites We were one and done. So if you dropped out of the elites, you had to go back to the opens to re-qualify. So what a lot of us were doing was we were fishing the elites and the opens.
0: Just in case.
1: Just in case. And so that's what I was doing. So I'm running tournaments all over the place and I'm never, I was never in one place for very long and always on the move. Hence the, you know, 230 plus days of travel. You know, and, um, and so that's kind of what I did. And so over the course of all those, you know, 11 years or 10 years, however long I fished full time on the Bassmasters, um, I developed... I developed a very good sense of where I need to go, what I need to do, and when I need to be there. Um, and it, and it, I don't want to say it got easier, but it got easier. Manageable. Uh, it got real manageable. The game slowed
0: way down. It's
1: like it's like a football player, a That's rookie. It's a
0: great way to say it. The game slowed down.
1: Right. It's like a rookie football player. You see a, a rookie quarterback get in there, and it seems like he's a second and a half late for everything
0: mm-hmm. because
1: the game's too fast going on around him. And as soon as he settles in and gets his experience on that football field, everything slows down for him, and then the passes are accurate, and mm-hmm. his movements are, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's the same thing in our sport. Um, when the When the game goes too fast, you spin out whether you know it or not, because your decision making isn't based on knowledge. It's based on holy shit, I gotta make a decision. And, and it's not based on okay, they're not doing this, so I need to do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um per a perfect example is later on in my fishing career, we were on Lake Erie and I had gone to um places where I normally catch them on on Lake Erie and and, and back in the day a rock pile that held fish, held the fish. So if you, if you had this rock pile, rock pile, a, and it holds fish, you knew that you could always go to that rock pile. There's always going to be smallmouth on it. So I had gone out and practiced and there, there was, there was n- nothing on anything. Um, I spent three days and, and did not catch a keeper. And so I said, I'm, I'm really missing out on something here. So I slid up as shallow as I could go and I saw one, uh, swimming and I'm like, this is in like five feet of water. There's no, there's no possible way. And I pitched the drop shot out to it and ate it and it was a five pounder. Hmm. So I was like, holy crap. So I, I put the trolling motor on high and I started cruising where the sun, where the sun reflection wasn't in the water for me. So I could see in the water. So I was fishing like the shadow lines Mm -hmm. and I started seeing them everywhere in like four to eight feet of water. I started seeing them everywhere cruising. I said, holy shit. I never seen this before. This was in, this was the end of summer. I've never seen this before. So I go back in the tournament, the first day of the tournament. And we got a little bit of wind and it's coming on shore and it's hard to see, but I knew I had all the cracks and stuff where all these fish were, were Mm -hmm. were coming out. And I started fishing and I caught a pounder, a pound and a half or, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And I, and I, and I lived and died in that shallow water. And I came in to the weigh-in the first day. and. I had 10 and a half pounds, dude. I weighed in 10 and a half pounds on Lake Erie, which Uh I've never done in my life. Okay. I'm in 86th or 87th place going into day two and I'm not going to make the cut. There's no, there's no way I'm making the Mm -hmm. cut. So I, I was agonizing in the hotel room that night going, what the hell did I do Mm
0: -hmm. now?
1: I don't even know where to go because. I'm 50 miles the opposite way of the freaking blast off. Right. So what am I going to do? And so I made a decision to go back to where those fish were and start looking out from where I caught them deeper from where I caught them. Because the rule of thumb on Lake Erie is when the fish, when the wind blows in, the fish move out when the wind blows out, the fish move in. So I said, well, all right, I got, I'm going to have to go back there and, and start from scratch. So I told my non-boater in the morning, dude, I apologize, yeah. but we're going to have an agonizing day. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm practicing. And he was like beside himself. He had a few choice words for me. So anyhow, really? yeah. Oh yeah. He was not a happy camper. So anyhow, I ran to where those fish were. I started venturing out and I found a little tiny bump, a real little tiny bump, and there was a couple of bass on it. And so I put a waypoint on it, and I kept moving around, moving around, because now I'm looking for these little tiny glacier deposits. I look around, I found about four or five more, and each one of them had a couple of bass on it. So I turned the on boat the two
0: D. You'll go, you'll see it. Bloop bloop. There you go. Yeah,
1: two D because I didn't have drop a
0: waypoint. Mm-hmm. Continue on.
1: So I go back to the first spot, I slide over it, I drop a marker buoy, not on the structure, but off the structure. But so I mm-hmm. have a I have a reference point because I'm I'm two miles offshore. So I have a reference point. You know what I mean? So I drop the buoy down there and I go up there and I sneaking up on it with my 2D sonar and I start to get to the rise and I see the fish. I drop that drop shot down there. Foom, I catch them. It's one over four. So I get them in the live. Anyway, the long and short of it is i come in on day two and i make the cut oh wow yeah i had a big bag so i make the cut so now i'm fishing day three so i do the same thing on day three and i had um i had a battery issue on day three and i had to leave two hours early and i wind up finishing fourth in that tournament
0: no you Um, had it done if you'd done that on the first day
1: right right so so it was crazy but so i came back from 86 place to finish fourth in any the event where if that would have happened four years earlier i would have been out i would have been completely out because i didn't have the experience to know that hey you can bail on stuff yep. you know you could bail on it and you can go you know look and find other things and not get all in your head about it so that experience on the water was paramount for for that
0: that's a really good side note uh do you want to continue with florida stories or do you want to talk fall fishing or do you want to save that for next week because i mean we're almost half an hour in and you did say you had two and then you also piqued my interest with offshore on okeechobee which is just a giant bowl i didn't know such a thing existed oh
1: it exists well okay so here listen i have a very i had prepared a very huge deep dive
0: it's an it's an hour plus deep dive
1: every bit so you want to save
0: that for next week
1: let's save it for next okay
0: here's a note then next week uh next week's show there's actually a major uh announcement that some of the sponsors of BTL uh are, would like to go down on BTL, but it's coming down on the nineteenth, which happens to be a Thursday, which is day four, right? Right. But so that's we're gonna move kind it's kind of immovable there because it's a it affects it probably would affect some of our listeners in a positive way, uh, as well. It's a national deal just going to be announced on btl so that's going to be announced next thursday at 8 30 which means day four will be on day three wednesday at 8 30 a.m 9 30 year time so same exact thing just on a Wednesday.
1: right so day four is going to be on the 18th next week correct so let's let yeah i just i just put it in the calendar nice so yeah let's save it because here i got really cool stuff for that yeah
0: show. we don't want to we don't want to gloss over that
1: No, I don't want to gloss over it because this this stuff is very important. So you
0: said you had two Florida stories.
1: Yeah. So so I I like you, Matt, I didn't realize that you could really get into offshore fishing in Florida. And I I didn't realize it.
0: It's like the thing, in all honesty. It is the (laughs) like the easiest way to catch them.
1: Right. but I didn't know that because you never hear that you hear, you got to go punch and you got to yeah. get bull rushes, mother-in-law tongues, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Grass is everything. Um, and it, and it is at a lot of times of the year, grass is everything in Florida and you better know that, or you're going to get your brains kicked in. But so I'm on Okeechobee and back in the day, and I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do a slam on Bassmasters, But they, but when I was coming up, there was a lot of things changing. Uh, We're going to call them growing pains. Um, They changed the qualifications. They changed the classic births. Um, Like I would have made more classics. Let's put it that way without some of their changes. So they changed a lot of stuff. And it just seemed like I was always on the, I was always on the wrong side (laughs) change so i was getting kind of frustrated so we had this thing where we had um i don't know what it was called i want to say it was like a shootout where they normally take the top
0: the bush shootout
1: no 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 it wasn't the bush shootout they took the top anglers and then you had an event where you all fished against each other and then you got to qualify for the elites again or something like that
0: oh like a last chance qualifier yeah
1: something to that effect so sure than shit it's on Okeechobee and I'm like you gotta be kidding me (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know what I mean of all the places wild card qualifier yeah the wild card qualifier I'm like of all the places I gotta go I gotta go to flipping Florida man I need you know what I mean it's like I gotta have a chance here and so I wind up I wind up doing the normal stuff you do and catching fish, but nothing like what I needed. So I was in this area and I was just, I'm looking for a specific, specific punch bite. And I, there's a clump of matted grass and I, and it's isolated, which is perfect. And, Mm -hmm. and the bottom's kind of a hard bottom around it, which is exactly what you want when you're punching in Florida. And I punch in this mat and the mat goes, Mm -hmm. you know how the mat goes up before and
0: I've seen it happen one time.
1: And it's a, it's a beast. Well, I go, I'm on something now. So I start going all around this area and I'm doing that and I'm, it's not consistent. Like, I'll get one here and fish for 30 minutes and might catch another one. It might be a giant. It might be a little dude. I'm not getting it. So I noticed when I I, I I was rigging and I drifted away from where I was fishing, like drifted way away. And I noticed something really funky going on with the grass over there. It was really erratic, really just out of the ordinary. It looked like a puzzle piece. You know what I mean? hmm So I go, hmm. So I pick up my Carolina rig. I get way off the grass and I fire the Carolina rig out there. It hits the bottom and I start dragging. It's like, it's like real gnarly. All of a sudden my rod loads up and I lean in on the fish and I got a seven pounder. And I'm like, holy crap. So I get it to the boat. It comes off. I don't care. I saw it. It wasn't the tournament. This was practice. I saw it. I don't care. So I, I got the Carolina rig out put a screw lock on it, got a shaky head out, buried up the hook in the shaky head. And I went through this whole area and I found five places. They were giant shell beds on some type of depression and the fish were gargantuan. So I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. This is, I'm loving life right now. Cause I could actually offshore fish this place. I go out there in the tournament morning and this is, you guys have heard me preach and preach and preach let me see i got a hook right here preach and preach and preach about a hook and the size of the hook you need and don't be confused with you don't need a massive monster size hook Mm. this was the lesson okay this was the lesson um i normally carolina rig with this hook right here it's a two aught um mustad ultra point megabyte okay it's an, oops, yep. it's not a very big hook all right that's normally what i carolina rig with right here and i never have an issue so i go to the spot
0: derby day
1: I, derby day i rifle out that big giant worm out there and i'm slowly dragging it around and i don't even get a hit my rod just goes I could barely hold the, I could barely hold the rod. The fish hit it going so hard. I got him. I loaded up on the thing. I got him. I'm fighting him to the boat. I get him like five feet from the nose of my boat. And she comes up shaking and wallowing and out comes the hook. And this fish is like well over six pounds. I take a deep breath. (laughs) I take a deep breath. I re re rig everything I toss back out there. I get another one. Mm, I got it. I get her all the way to the boat. She gets me around my trolling motor. I pick the trolling motor up and I'm trying to get her around the trolling motor. I pick her up, boom breaks it off on the trolling motor i'm I'm like oh my god i just lost 14 pounds in two bites so i re-rig everything i do the thing but now i go i can't use that hook anymore i got to go to a bigger hook so i go to a four and i wind up losing five more
0: what the hell
1: yeah on the four i'm like that this is not happening i go back to the small hook I land every fish after that on the small hook, but I don't get any more over five pounds. And I'm like freaking the hell out because I screwed myself from, Mm -hmm. I screwed myself from putting myself monumentally in the lead. And I could, I could never catch up after that. I wound up in 20th place Mm -hmm. and I, and I could never catch up after that. And so I re reassessed everything that I was doing hook wise and Carolina rig wise and rod length and power and everything else Um, did you
0: figure out what it was
1: yeah I did um I was just the fish were so damn aggressive that I wasn't I wasn't giving them a chance to get the get it get it like they were getting it and running usually away from me and so when I when I lock up on them I was rolling everything and I was losing a lot of fish. Um, so what happened after that, when they would take it mm-hmm. uh, because they were so aggressive, I would let them get it until they slowed down and then I would lean on them and then I would get them all. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that in the beginning, it was such a powerful, fast bite. Cause there were so many fish there. They were all so aggressive to get it. And then the other mistake I made was I never cranked it. Yeah. I never cranked it,
0: but that's a big mistake we all make. We get in yeah. on, Hey, this is how you catch him. This is the way you right. got to catch him. This is what I'm going to do. And you do it. And then you're driving home and you're like, why the hell didn't I throw the other thing?
1: Right. And here and you guys know this for a fact. Cause every time we talk about it, I say, whenever you're Carolina rigging, you better have crankbaits out mm-hmm. because I made that mistake. I paid the price for that mistake. And I will never make that mistake again. And I never have Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that is the whole thing. There's nothing better than time on the water. Nothing better. As long as you're learning from it, you know,
0: Uh, I did. I experienced that up at that St. Jude tournament on day two, you know, we had a 17 pound bag and I was throwing a trap. And after like (laughs) three hours, I was like, God, these things have to just be here over and over shallow rock. And I said, dude, I said, Bart, I said, where are your uh, Ned rigs? I said, it's only three foot deep up there. I said, but there's got to be those fish. If they're up there, I've caught eight or nine out of the same freaking cast. There's got to be more. Right. And he's like, why would you want to throw? It? I said, dude, I think it. And literally I tie a Ned rig on My first cast, it, it hits the bottom. I pop it once and it goes, don't. Not only it didn't help us, it was a two and a half pounder, but it was still just something different. But right. I wish I had done that way sooner before I just massacred the spot and rattled their freaking dentures out.
1: Right. A hundred percent, especially smallies. Cause yeah. they, they move so much, dude, uh, they get roused to there.
0: You're getting, you're getting some flack on that hook that you held out. There's some yeah, people that weren't, weren't fans of it. Walk us through what you like about that hook to maybe sway some, some opinions. Cause I know that you're I, a big time Carolina rigger and have yeah. messed around with a number of different hooks.
1: Okay. So I'm not going to, so I'm going to just be honest with you. Um, I still use it today. I don't experience issues with it. The, the, the top of the hook angles down at a certain degree to, to the keeper system. Of course, I tie these keeper systems on Mm -hmm. the bottom myself, um, to keep the plastic worm up there. Um, I tie those and then I tie the eye shut on top. So I don't get any line. I don't get any line, um, Going going through there. And then of course I tie my keeper system on them. And my keeper system's made with a, a jig weed guard, so you can see it's 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 flexible.
0: Didn't you make that in a BTL Day Four episode one time? Like you showed yeah. everyone how to do that?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And so the the reason I like this hook this this hook here for for what I'm doing when you do a sweep set on it, that's what this hook its hook percentage is way better with that then maybe almost
0: like a circle hook
1: right then maybe a vertical flip punch type of thing although i confess i do use it for punching too um and don't have an experience they i don't know what mustad did but the old the old ultra point megabytes um were they seem to be stronger seem to hold the hook point better Mm -hmm. longer the newer ones are a little less um they don't hold the hook point quite as well so i do go through a lot of them but i can't switch this because i don't i just don't lose fish i mean i I told you about a story where i was losing fish um
0: but that was more because of how they were biting not what you were
1: right and and how i had to let them take it and slow down before i freaking nailed them okay. um it's like a frog bite you could you could set a hook on a frog every time you see an explosion and go i hate frog fishing i can only hook up 30 percent of the time where if you go the frog blows up and you just wait a second till the line starts to move then you don't miss them anymore was it the frog or was it the technique you- it's you the- the technique it's you um so that's what i was doing in that okeechobee event
0: have you ever do you ever mess around with just straight up offset round bend because i know there's a lot of guys do carolina rig with like a two watt round bend offset just the oldest school offset you can get
1: i can't do it i have a buddy of mine like i won't use an ewg style hook on the carolina rig
0: what do you Um, call that style this
1: this is this is an um it's called a megabyte. It's the hook. The I'm gonna. I don't know how to show you.
0: No, you're showing it. It looks good.
1: The hook point. See how it's angled down? Yeah. So the hook point goes to the R bend, mm-hmm. to the bend in the. Here, let me do that. The hook point points just below the bend in the keeper system mm. on this hook. I like that because when you get the fish hooked up, he's locked in here. Yeah, he's locked with an EWG style hook. It's straight and then it goes down. And when you hook them, a lot of times, if you get them in the bone, the EWG opens up a little bit on you because it doesn't go up and through the fish's mouth. It opens up on you a little bit. And that to me is a danger spot. Plus, I don't like how far away the point is to the barb on a lot of those EWGs so i use this one a lot i've just been a fan of it um, mm-hmm. forever now like i said i i don't i don't know for a fact if they change something they're doing on them but i know for a fact that the original ones i have and the new ones are I slightly i bet you you've got a
0: pile of the originals
1: <laughs> yeah oh 100% dude 100% because i buy them i buy them by the hundreds mm-hmm. i don't i don't buy six hooks i buy them by the hundreds
0: yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, that people asking, why, why aren't you there? Yeah, I am not fishing the open uh, this week. I, I bowed out. I was chasing, like you said earlier, I was chasing bad money with good money in the last one. Yeah. Fish just eight of the nine, but they did cancel. They did cancel a day. Now, what are your thoughts, and not just in Florida, but I think we've all experienced this. You're going fishing on a Saturday. It's been stable weather, and then all hell breaks loose on Friday. Like what just happened down at Harris Chain. Everyone had an idea of what they wanted. They do tornado watches, 30 mile an hour winds, massive front systems rolling through and then tomorrow's game day. So do you how much do you rely on what you found the previous four days before this came through and how much are you? Like what is your, what, in your opinion, whether you're in a tournament or fun fishing after a massive weather system this time of the year, how do you quickly regain contact with fish?
1: Okay. So that's a really good question. Actually, it's deeper than you think it is. Okay. Um. So here's the thing. And I hate to keep talking about Florida. So I'm only going to touch on this for no, a second. No, that's fine.
0: We can do a Florida show.
1: So the the heavy winds are going to make that water it's muddy but it's not muddy it's all the debris the sand particles and everything get washed around in the water so it's not clear anymore it doesn't look like that coca-cola that tannin-colored color florida water it's white and cloudy the bass can't stand that because it's hard for them to breathe because they're sucking in all the debris through their gills mm-hmm. so they pretty much they pretty much shut down in those areas. So if I have an area that I was catching them in, you have to go there because there's fish there. Then you have to look at it and see okay, is it completely blown out or is there certain areas that are blown out because grass is a filter. So you're if you're on the outside edge of the grass line and you it's all That turbid white ish water, and you're not going to catch them on the outside. So, then what I'll do is I'll start creeping up into the grass deeper and deeper because the water is going to get filtered and get cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. So, those fish aren't going to vacate an area, but they may move 30 yards to the cleaner water. So, you before you bail on everything you got, you have to see if there's a place in that area where you can where you mm-hmm. can catch them. So conversely, let's go to normal, we'll call them normal lakes. Um anywhere the
0: Highland like, Reservoir, a main main a man-made lake right, like a Grand right. um, Norman, something like that.
1: 100 percent So in the fall, um the bass are still susceptible to cold fronts in the fall, but it's kind of a normality because the season is changing. They're getting used to it. Um, cold fronts aren't so terrible um, as they are early spring. They're not so terrible. Um, so what so a lot of times what happens is you'll get some volatile weather come in and let's say it stays for the tournament. Then you got to go, okay, either two things. If it's largemouth, they're gonna honker down. And you're going to have to be super precise with your casting. They're not going to run stuff down. Or they're going to put the feed bag on and be ballistic where moving baits are, are king. So that's the deal. The smallmouth, on the other hand, that weather is going to get nasty. Those fish are feeding. Mm-hmm. Um, smallmouth uh, is because they're obviously more up north. The cold fronts don't affect them as much. They're going to put the freaking feed bag on. And so now I'm going to throw moving baits on them and I'm going to, you know, keep covering water and and throw the moving baits. So you just got to be, you got to be cognizant of that. Um, Now, if it's, if you're up the creek and you get inclement weather and it blows the creek out and the creek is muddy and it's a largemouth fishery. If the lake has gizzard shad in it, you're okay because they'll stay in the dirty water. They don't give a crap. And the bass Mm -hmm. won't necessarily leave the dirty water because the food and the cover is there. If it's a blueback herring lake, you got to get out of the creek and start working out of the creek till you start getting that water clarity where you can start seeing the difference between the off color water and the clean water because blueback herring can't live in that debris filled dirty water. they can't do it and thread fin are very similar thread fin want to be in the cleaner stuff so so you have to that's where it's important then to know what type of bait you're looking at because that's going to be tell you that can i catch them up here even though it's dirty or do i have to get where the clear water zone is and that's pretty much you know again time on the
0: water uh, this you're going to lose your mind over this. There's a couple guys that mentioned the haymaker. Let's go back and wrap this thing up with this hook cuz there are a bunch of people that that went nuts when you showed the hook. Oh, they I know, dude.
1: I catch flack from everybody over the hook. <laughs> All
0: right. So, uh I got on uh, Omnia here and I'm going to share some screens cuz you're you're going to lose your you're going to lose your mind when you see this haymaker hook that everyone's talking about just based on what you've said. Uh so there's the that's I guess the closest to what you're throwing right now, actually that's the k v d grip pin, so basically what you did they add a little deal up there, but it's that same
1: right well, they did it wrong at first mm-hmm. um and they had to change their design but is that the is that their um big mouth or is that their that's
0: the grip pin soft plastic uh they also have uh
1: because this isn't the this isn't the big mouth. This is their um, what's it called? Megabyte.
0: There it is. Okay, yeah, that is goofy looking. That's the megabyte. <laughs> There's the megabyte. All right. Uh so this is where fishing. This is where I find things interesting because you have Frank who's saying, "Dude, I like the megabyte. I like it in. It works for me. I've done it for decades." This oh is yeah. The hook. Have you seen this new owner haymaker? I think Castle Dine had something to do with it, too. It could not be the more opposite. So here's your theory as to why it works, which you've proved, which you have on-the-water experience, at professional, amateur, thousands of hours on the water. You have confidence in this. That's the way to do it, right? Yeah. There's the haymaker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's how Um, it's designed.
1: Yeah. No, I have – there's another hook out there very similar to that mm-hmm. um and i've experimented with that and um the problem i have with it is you cannot text pose plastic yeah that has to come through the plastic so you have to bury that in the plastic the problem with that is i'm not knocking the hook i'm sure it works i'm not knocking the hook when you put the soft plastic on that, you know how it is after you fish soft plastics a while, they get a little loose on the hook. Yeah. If you're not text posing it, that hook point's going to come through or it's going to fall off. The worm's going to fall off of that. And that's, and then you hang up mm-hmm. unnecessarily. Um, and when I make a cast, the last thing I want to do is snag it up there because yeah. that that's, that's a bummer.
0: So there's that, then there's yours. And then there's, just somewhere in the middle which is the yeah that's what like I would the, say the gold standard for ewgs is just your super line Gamigatsu offset ewg right. super line hook
1: right and I'm I just don't use the super line hook all that often mm-hmm. um if I flip a tube I'll use it um because you almost have to um but anything else I'm using I'm using the um megabyte
0: um, that one just looks weird doesn't it
1: yeah I have a hook that's exactly like that. Um, and I, I can't believe, I can't remember the name of the people that make it. I got those to try them out and I actually bent the hook point down on it,
0: but but I'm telling you, there's still a lot of guys who just use that.
1: The Cahill style bend on that is fantastic, but I can't stand those hooks. They're Mm -hmm. too, they're too long. Um, they're too long and, um, I have not had the success with them. But that's my personal.
0: Now music. I use that hook a lot. That's the actual round bend, like a two aught on a cinco or a stick bait. Yeah, and see, there's and a it, lot of guys that yeah. use that this style on like a soft stick bait or a trick worm when they're Texas rigging it.
1: Yeah, and see, and the rule of thumb is you want the gap of the hook to be two times the width of the soft plastic.
0: Wait. Say that again. You want the, the
1: the gap of the hook. That means from the go from the hook point to the shank. That the hook that point to, to the, the shank. shank. Right.
0: That distance right. That there.
1: distance has to be two times the width of your soft plastic. Because when the fish bites down on it, the last thing you want to do is have that soft plastic balled up in the bottom of that hook base, and then you don't get a good hook penetration on them. And so that's the deal with that.
0: What about the old true turn, Frank?
1: Were when I was a, a
0: true turn guy,
1: when I was a kid,
0: I, I lived and died on that hook and mostly died on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I've I, um you know, I know I knew I was going to catch flack with that. Um
0: no, you didn't catch flack. There's people who were mainly asking questions.
1: I have a buddy of mine, Troy, my, who's been on the show with us. Yeah. Before. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. He used to love this hook. He used to absolutely love this hook. And now he doesn't even throw it anymore.
0: I would be, I'll be honest with you. I would have a difficult time rigging that hook up with money on the line, Frank.
1: Yeah. Except that that's my go-to. And I,
0: I know, but that's weird how everyone has a different, right. A different go-to like. I mean, you put your life on that hook,
1: dude. On on Toledo, other stuff that I would
0: throw that you wouldn't touch,
1: dude. I was pitching, I was flipping this with a uh, beaver on Toledo Bend, Mm -hmm. and caught an eight and a half pounder on it, and had no trouble. This this very two ot hook, I on um, when I made the classic on Eufaula in Alabama, I flipped an eight pounder in the boat on this hook had no issues with it um i've caught i don't know how many fours and fives and sixes i've caught fishing it i can't even tell you i don't even know how many um i just it works for me and and the way i fish it works for me and i don't have an issue with it and i'm i'll never i will never change it i won't mm-hmm. and you can you could ask anybody that anybody that truly fishes with me and and they'll tell you the truth
0: Gamakatsu, someone mentioned the G-Lock They've got a, wi- a wild one too That has that really deep belly And the hook point goes back It's called the right. G-Lock Some of the
1: deeper bellied hooks scare me Because when the bass bites down If he clamps down on it It could roll sideways mm-hmm. and, I, and I don't want it to go I don't want the hook to go sideways I want it always to be upright. Are you
0: Are you open to, to, to possibly trying a new hook Carolina Riggin? Yeah, I'll do anything. I want fun. you to I want you to try this uh Gamagatsu G Finesse hybrid worm hook. All right. I want uh, I'll see if I can I might know a guy who knows a guy who could get you a couple packs of those.
1: I'll buy the damn things.
0: But here, let me pull it up. Pull it up. There it is right there. Okay. It has some of the elements that you like uh it is a lighter wire so so you're not dealing with the super line element to it
1: but that scares me because i carolina rig with with my main line is braid
0: Mm. so being
1: a finesse hook i'm gonna run into some
0: issues on that you might run into a couple issues but i know guys who flip and put like flip beavers and all sorts of stuff with this and don't have any issues
1: yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll give, give her it a shot. A shot. The, the Chief and
0: Ness hybrid worm hook. Mike McClellan designed it in like a 3 aught I think. I don't know. But I mean, hell, if you got something that works, what am I to who am Yeah, I, am I, I, like I said,
1: I'm in no hurry to change. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm not sponsored by Mustad. They don't care yeah. they don't care about me. Um I've been using that hook for um,
0: That is true. A true turn with a salt craw, black blue cross sideways does this year's the heyday of the salt crawl <laughs> i have fished the true turn on a salt crawl with a half ounce lead back in but the day
1: if yeah if it doesn't if it if it works for you it works for you
0: mm-hmm. anything else you got like i said we we went down a uh wormhole today and i'm really glad we did because i thought it was a really good show and it kind of was in coordination with uh with the final Bassmaster Open, uh, I do want to remind everybody, as we do every week, that uh, <clears throat> there is a loyal listener code: code ETL twenty three fifteen percent off of all regularly priced items on lurenet.com. That includes the six new colors of the DD twenty two.
1: Yeah, which you guys got to, you got to, you got to go in there and look at that because. There's two new colors in there, Envy and um, True Gizzard Shad. Those are money colors right there. Um, There you go. Yeah, those are money colors. Evo, Um,
0: Holy Shad, or Evo, Extra extra Virgin virgin. Olive Oil. Exactly. Holy Shad, Harvest Moon, Olive Blue, and Rainbow Shad. Are those all yours, including the True Gizzard and the Envy? Yeah, everything but the Rainbow. Mm Mm-hmm
1: they're all all mine except for the rainbow that was a bring back color
0: um that one right there
1: yeah that was a bring back um but it's but go on there check them out um you know i want to give a shout out to uh thomas the guy that that um actually got this illustration
0: yeah i sent you the the yeah
1: it's i'm after the show i'm going to get it uh framed matted and framed and then i'm gonna send it off to him i promised him i talked to him the other day oh
0: you did get a hold of him
1: oh yeah yeah
0: he almost didn't
1: answer the phone he saw he saw it was an ohio call and i could tell because the rings were you know it was like a (laughs) a, a it was like the last ring before you get into voicemail and then he he answered it so i'm glad he did
0: was he pumped
1: oh very pumped it went for what
0: 375 in the bass fishing hall of fame auction thank you for doing that frank Oh no problem. We'll have to we'll have to step. I up told there. you I would have matted and framed it, but you never actually mailed it, I, which is probably better. There's less chance of it getting lost in the. In the
1: yeah, room. too. You know, it's better this way because then I could I could frame it up the way I think it should be framed up, and then
0: and then. Well, i was just gonna go grab it, an eight you know. by ten or an eight by eleven and toss it in there. So no, <laughs> it's probably better. What was it? What was the uh, gentleman's name? His name
1: was Thomas. Thomas. That's fine,
0: Thomas. Thank you, Thomas, for supporting the the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame and getting some.
1: Real cool, dude. We wound up, actually, we wound up talking for over an hour. Real cool guy. Um, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So it's a great, this is a great venue because you meet a lot of people um, and everybody is, everybody's, they're pretty great. Our audience is pretty great. Here I'm gonna I'm gonna put the hook everybody hates back where I had it hanging up over there.
0: (laughs) Against my better judgment, Uh, we'll see if I can find this stuff here. Oh yeah, I found it. Why is it against your better judgment? Um, hold on. Okay, there it is. Uh, Can I can I
1: download this? I do. I do not know. I don't know what you are doing. I am. <clears throat> I am currently working on a lot of colors, guys. I have um, a beta effect series coming out. That's uh, there's a lot of trickery with pearls in it. I have a signature series line that's that is coming out in the near future. That's going to be um, signed and numbered. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe.
0: Okay. Yeah, I can, I can show this. Um, I'm going to show you the rough draft of your design. Is that okay for yeah. for the shirt? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's in an email from them. We can show just a little, like I said, this is going to change, but I thought I'd run it past. We got a good group of guys on today. I thought I'd run it past to see. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this is the shirt and on the front there's the BTL and then on the back, these are all fish that you have drawn.
1: Right. Small mouth, spotted, large mouth, spotted bass, small mouth. Yeah.
0: So here's what we're, and give us some feedback on this. We're going to do an all three shirt that has this large mouth spots and small, but here's how I wanted to change it, Frank. So underneath where it says each name, you see where I'm circling right there? Yeah. There's your signature. I feel like we need to split this up and make individual fish. So there's a largemouth bass shirt, a smallmouth bass shirt, and a spotted bass shirt. Take the name out from under there. Take your autograph, make it bigger. So, like you just have smallmouth bass, your drawing, BTL on the front, and then your signature is as big as where it says smallmouth bass.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're not going to lay, are we going to label the fish? Or? No,
0: we're not going to label the fish. It's okay. just going to be your signature under the fish, but we're going to offer three different t shirts. So, you could either do the largemouth, the spot, or the smallmouth based on where you are, or you could get one that has all three. Right on and we're going to do a higher qual- a high quality t-shirt on it. So it'll probably be 29 to 34.95 instead of a $20 shirt.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm down with that.
0: To go higher quality, but a little bit bigger on the fish, much bigger on the autograph cuz you've got that cool uh you've got that cool Frank autograph. Yeah,
1: we'll have to move it cuz I don't like the autograph between the anal fin and the tail.
0: Yeah, n- never want your autograph next to an anal fin. Never. <laughs> uh, so we'll People put it where the talk. where it says like smallmouth bass and then we'll do So we'll have one that has also basically we're going to get 4 t-shirts out of one. But I do like that kind of natural heather color. Instead of just a white shirt like Yeah, no, don't put it on white. Do yep.
1: not put them on white.
0: No. Um and then this is the other one that we're trying to figure out exactly how to do it, but this is the uh this is a illustration shirt. Yeah. Now we that's... have to get we have to get rid of the hood. Right. I want to do
1: a three quarter zip.
0: Yeah. And that on the back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be better on the back than the front, don't you? Or do you? Want I don't
0: to... know. We haven't figured this one out ideal. I'm not, I'm in love with this illustration. I'm not in love with the uh, presentation. It's, it's hard. It's a hard, hard illustration to figure out.
1: Well, the problem is it's, it has to be sublimated i know but i
0: feel like a three-quarter zip should just be the day four logo on the front of a gray three-quarter zip i've never seen a three-quarter zip that has i mean we're not trying to be like affliction here
1: (laughs) what the hell i missed something dude a
0: a three-quarter zip with the big giant design on the back i've never seen that like the three-quarter zip is usually classy with just a small logo this
1: okay so I I see what you're I see where I see where you're going with that. My only concern with the hoodie is that with the hood down does it cover the illustration?
0: Yes, 100%. That's why there's one that doesn't have the That's that right there. Now that model is ambitiously in shape.
1: Yeah, it's ambitiously in shape because if I wore it, we could put the logo on the belly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the drawing on the belly, and yeah. it would look like a ten pounder. We got to do a little. <laughs> I
0: think there's a little bit that we can do to to highlight this one a little bit better. But then I did love, absolutely loved this hat right there.
1: So yeah. So are you a fan of the patch?
0: Yes, I love that right okay. there. That is an awesome, freaking hat right there with the BTL on the side, and then that illustration with the Frank Scalish. Like I think they knocked that one out of the park. All right. Okay.
1: I'm pleased. If now, you're happy, I'm happy.
0: Well, well, no, it's your deal. What are your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah. I mean, you can't do it any other way because you can't sublimate that. You can't sublimate that bass on
0: the hat. I like that. I think that one's unique.
1: Because if you could sublimate the bass on the hat, I would make the whole front of the hat that picture. Yeah. And 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 you could cut it off where the mesh meets the. And then farm. you're
0: approaching Von Dutch territory.
1: But, yeah, and and you're you're, it's too much, too pricey. Then way too pricey.
0: Yeah. But I I really like this. Yeah, it's cool. I think it's legit. Uh, I mean, obviously we've got the Richardson 112s. If I get a bunch of people that say they despise Richardson 112s because they don't live in Texas, Alabama, or Oklahoma, where the Richardson 112 is king. Uh, we can figure out if there. Are, yeah, I mean there are it, any other, you know. Oh, what would what would you be able to do to put like Frank A. Scalish stitched onto the frickin' brim right there?
1: Me, nothing. I am not a. Uh, do you like that? Not a tailor. Would you like that? It'd be cool.
0: It probably would be expensive. Yeah, it would be. Do a non- Maybe we're, we're going version.
1: maybe we're going too deep in on the hat.
0: No, we're not. I mean, it's our apparel, Frank. We gotta make sure we do it. But I mean, I also want to make sure. Feedback, then, guys. This is yeah. where feedback is important. Yeah. But I like I said, I think one fish per shirt, you can pick it. You're either a largemouth spot or a smallmouth guy. Make that Frank A. Scalish big. Keep the BTL and put uh BTL day four logo. Change it from just regular BTL put the 4 on there and that's a freaking winner. Yeah, I agree. I <laughs> These agree. guys do a bunch of different stuff. Um oh, I can't show that. This is some of the new hats I'm working on for BTL that they're doing. I think I could show all this. I don't know why I can't. Why wouldn't I be able to show all this? Am I going to get in trouble is for it, showing all this? I, I can do whatever I want. Is
1: it proprietary? What do you mean? Like
0: like no one else is going to copy it? Okay. I mean it's BTL.
1: Hey, then show it.
0: Okay. Uh, listen, this is not done yet, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that is was. a, yeah, we got to so, change that a lot.
1: That's gotta be
0: a lot changed. Uh, but it is a Carolina Rigas for quitters t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, you'll never see me wear it.
0: Yeah. There's a bunch of different stuff that we're working on here. Some of it. Uh, yes, yeah, some of it. No, it just kind of depends. So, all right.
1: So there's a lot in the pipe as you all can see, there's a lot coming down the pipe here.
0: Yeah. We're working on all that but i'm excited for it i'm excited for the uh i'm excited for the the scalish signature series designs to come out
1: i'm excited for it too because that i was i had real apprehensions about that four color illustration being screen printed um sublimation it's literally going to look like you know a photograph it's going to be nice it's going to be really nice. It's like our it's like our sublimated uh, jersey, so we used to wear fishing all the time.
0: Nice. All right. Let me get the music queued up, which is a sign that oh, that we have made it through another episode. We made it. Of day four. <laughs> like I said, Simon streamed also on Big Play. You guys need to go check out Big Play if you haven't. Uh, if you're a sports if you're in Yeah, if you're into a sports fan uh there's like a bernie kosar show a bunch of other cool stuff and
1: for that, dixon and his wife and all yeah. kinds of stuff yeah
0: we gotta get that rolling we will get that rolling hey guys uh make sure you go like subscribe on youtube if you're listening on itunes we're over two thousand reviews and ratings on itunes with a new year coming up those become more and more important as you put together uh, packages for 2024 to bring you more new fresh live content from both btl and day four so take five minutes go do that uh also like i said i've been asking a lot of the btl faithful frank between the bass fishing hall of fame and between the saint jude right uh massive thanks to everybody for jumping on and doing that you know and as in my younger days i would, I, I wouldn't be like i don't right, i'll donate to that or i'll buy his t-shirt uh but as i get older i say okay I, I like that. I like what he's doing. I'll support him. So I I, I understand right. how much it's, it takes to, to go out of your way to do that, and greatly yeah. do su- appreciate and support the support. And I know you do too, because you talk about it all the time. Absolutely. I we're working on some cool stuff for next year, and at the classic in Grand, because I'm officially not in it, and officially, um,
1: there's a I have a surprise coming for that classic too. You do? Yes. I don't even know about this, do I? Not not 100% exact yet, but you're about to. Oh,
0: well, and the show, about... and you can tell me backstage then.
1: Absolutely, because it's going to be really cool. All
0: right. Well, this has been another edition of Day 4 with the man Frank Scalish next Wednesday, 8.30 a.m. We'll see everybody then.